Hey guys, we're back for another episode of the Equipped to Indoor podcast. Of course, the E2E podcast is brought to you by Dogwood Custom Knives. Check out dogwoodcustomknives.com. Dealers at Edgework and Arizona Custom Knives. And then Live Fire Gear LLC. Check out Live Fire at livefiregear.com. And I don't even know, we got like, I don't know, like 100 dealers now. So it's all over the place. It's on Amazon. It's in England. It's in Norway. It's in Australia. And it's in Japan, United States, Canada. It's everywhere. So check it out, Live Fire Gear. There's actually a little map function there that you can click on, put your zip code in, and see where it's at. Uh, we just got into Bass Pro, so if you guys see it in the Bass Pro shop, I know it takes a while. Give us a call and let us know. And uh, we're, you know, besides that, we're back for another episode, episode 505, and it's just Adam and Robbie today. There's no Dan. Dan is in timeout. Right, Robbie? Yes, he, uh, he, he got in <laughs> trouble, I think. Uh, something, something to deal with goats. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at some notes here from a, a podcast of stuff. Like sometimes, guys, when we get to talking and we get way off subject, we don't go to we don't get everything done. And so there's notes here, and it just says Dan Pilates may not may not be gear, but I'm starting to get back in shape for general health, and because I want to get back into the dojo. Did we go over Dan when he do Pilates in the last episode? <laughs> I don't recall that conversation. I think we did go into a Pilates conversation. <laughs> Uh, I just can't remember whether it was like live or if that was something off the air, because I th- I thought we talked about that DD, that the old wrestler guy that was doing the hardcore Pilates stuff, and yeah, yeah, I thought we talked about how sometimes it's not quite so weird anymore. It's really I, intense. I will, I will tell you um, when uh, Master Ken, uh, my old kung fu instructor, when you know we were at at a at a uh, traditional school. He left for a year. We like trained in this park in Rockville, like no joke, like range. It was like some Daniel Sun, Mr. Miyagi stuff. And then he found this uh, dance studio that we rented rooms for. We had two rooms to rent, like three days a week, and the school got pretty big. And uh, on the nights that we would do it, there would also be a kendo class there in one of the rooms. And then there was this Pilates studio, and these guys had this crazy like Pilates workout stuff. And I remember, I mean, of course, it was like, you know, Rockville's a pretty affluent area in Maryland. I mean, it's right outside of Bethesda. People got, you know, people got some money down there, right? And so there'd be all these, you know, these ladies who were, you know, you could tell they're definitely, you know, older. They're like in, you know, they're mid-40s or so, but they all were in great shape. And like, you know, you're in there like, gosh, this, they come out there just drenched. So one time I went in there and asked one of the instructors, like, is this stuff like for real? Is this like yoga? She's like, no, it's not. Do you want to try it out? And I was in there for like 10, 15 minutes, man. And this is when I was like at probably the best shape out in my life. I was doing, you know, martial arts four or five hours a day. And I went into this Pilates stuff and I, and I came out there and I was like, oh man, I'm like soaring muscles I didn't know I had. That stuff was pretty, pretty, pretty serious, man. So, you know, I don't know if, it, I think it's like similar to, to yoga in the fact that you get hurt in muscles you didn't know you had. I so. won't be trying that anytime soon. I've got to get back in shape, but it, at this point, like I bust out in the sweat and sore for two days, opening a bag of Doritos. So <laughs> <laughs> I, happens, I'd have to, happens. I'd have to, you know, phase myself up to something like that. Well, I know those machines in there that they have are crazy expensive. That's why the classes are so expensive. I mean, they, she had one machine in there. She said it was like twelve thousand bucks or something stupid. I mean, it looked like a total gym to me. It'll be a fancy total gym. Um, but anyway, regardless, this isn't the Pilates podcast. We like to talk about outdoor stuff. So, uh, Robbie, have you had any, any cool outdoor experiences here recently? Um, 
I've spent a couple days. I actually, I'm getting over a sickness, and so it was like, you know how it is when you can't do anything. You think of everything oh, yeah. you want to do, mm-hmm. and I obsessed over for for about three or four days, laying in bed sick as a dog, about what the exact right grind, the exact right weight, shape, uh, blah blah blah, for the the perfect companion tomahawk or, or very the lightest weight to maximize the most chopping power tool I could carry. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, of course, as soon as I got feet under me again, um, I hit the woods with, uh, I, I took three different tomahawks, no, four, one, two, let's see, four tomahawks, uh, a, a couple small hatchets and a couple small axes. And, and I just went and I spent a couple of days actually playing, um, you know, one of those chop this tree. Okay. I'm going to chop this tree with all of them, you know, mm-hmm. split this wood, split this wood with all of them. Um, type thing and, and paying careful attention to the different grinds and all and uh, trying to decide what I would need to do um, or what I would need the tool to do long term, short term, that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, come up with a, a I, I think, for, at least for myself, a, a lot of uh, information, I think will help me uh, finalize what I think uh, I, I need. Did you did you unravel the mystery of the, the hatchet and the, or the tomahawk? Somewhat, somewhat. Uh, you know, for example, little stuff that I think m- may be common knowledge if we all sit down and think about it, but we never actually Talk articulate it. it. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. you know, for, for an everyday user, you know, for your, your common chopper, you really need more cut than chop. You know, a, a thinner, longer grind versus the more uh, splitting mall type grind is really what you're going to want. You know, little things like that. Because there's, there's more utility in that type of shape than there is just the the blunt object that's going to tear stuff right. apart. And, and, you know, further, I think a much lighter head on a longer handle velocity versus uh brute force power uh, i think it, yeah because you can choke up on that light tool with the really long handle mm-hmm. you can choke up next to that head and that what what weight there was disappears yeah you choke up yeah. on a heavy-headed something and you know you better have a really heavy handle if you want that weight to balance itself out at all uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, a lot of stuff and, and a, a few points that I'm probably not going to come out openly with because I plan on taking it to some manufacturers and, and see if I can convince them to, hey, let's let's work on this because I, I've, I've figured out some things as far as uh, head shape when we're talking utility tool. Um, you know, I think in the realm of axes, you know, I'm not going to discover anything that's not existed for hundreds of years as far as the, uh, you know, what brings down a monstrous size, you know, redwood tree better. You know, that, that's been fully explored. But I do think this realm of the way we're camping nowadays, 
and the mm-hmm. way we're kind of reinventing this go light stuff uh i say reinventing because the go light stuff is nothing new either uh, yeah you know you can go back as far as cavemen who didn't have any other option other than the fact they only had two or three things they owned they could take with them uh so they didn't have a choice in going light and then you can move forward up into you know george washington sears and all people who were going okay let me rethink this and see if there's a way to go lighter so you know going light is not anything new but i think in the past few years we're reinventing that again rediscovering rediscovering um and and so i think there are some uh design aspects that could be improved on uh the classic tomahawk shapes and different things like that to to become more utilitarian so that's what i've been up to oh very cool well i've been i've been working on a little little classic thing myself um i recently uh you know if you know me personally I can't stand an office space to do my work for more than like 15 minutes before I'm moving around. <laughs> right. And uh, you know we've had some we've had some changes going around here, and I'm splitting where I'm working at between two spaces, and therefore I am uh, living in multiple spaces right now. And that's that. It's kind of been a convenient thing. It's allowed me to save a lot on drive time, but I'm able to dedicate some more time to some E2E stuff, which you guys have seen. And, I, you know, I, I almost want to do one of those, you know, those Life in a Day uh, series they've been doing on YouTube. Robbie, have you heard about those? No, I haven't. Where, like, it, it, well, these people, it, it, they just they do this this video and they edit it. It's called Life in a Day. They ended up making a TV series out of it, I think, for, or a YouTube series. But basically, they kind of carried a camera around with them for a whole day and just kind of went through all the kind of stuff that they did. I almost want to do one of those, like, a, a week, a Life in the Week or whatever, of, uh, you know, driving here, driving there, doing this kind of work because it's, it's, it's starting to be interesting to me. I'm all over the place, but I'm able to really, you know, uh, break down my time of what I can spend on this. I'm you know, still doing a lot of stuff for live fire, a little bit more stuff for live fire, do my stuff for E2E and then my normal nine to five type job, more like six to six and also the family. So I, anyway, I've uh, been sitting there working on some stuff, and I found my hawk's nest from Reliance Otherwork. Oh, cool. And because that, that was like a piece of equipment I had set up in my office with like, you know, some other like really nice things that I, I enjoy. Um, the Optimus Prime is in there, guys. Sorry, that's in a different place now. It's no longer in my office. So when you see office shots of me here soon, uh, you won't see the Optimus Let Prime. Let me guess. You got like a hedgehog sheath up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sheath, you know, some blades and some some other stuff. Anyway, I was sitting there and I had my uh, Reliance of the Works sheath and my Hawkins blade and my my net my uh, Hawk's nest little. It's a little pouch for these you guys aren't are familiar, but uh, you know Matt Gill and Water from Reliance of the Work built those for me. One was a, a gift, and the other was a kind of a trade. And uh, Tim Foxtrot, who works with Matt. Uh, did the E2E engraving on there. Tim's a, a professional tattoo artist, but he also does these leather engravings. Uh, phenomenal work. I mean, just beautiful stuff. And uh, so I was sitting there looking at that, like, you know, you know that'd be so fun just to have that as a little trail kit. Like, that's all I have. I don't need a backpack. I don't need anything. There's something I can, like, keep, you know, secure my, my uh, you know, uh, what's what's the, what's the car box called? Your lock box in your car. I can't even think Love right box. now, man. Glove box, jeez. And I, I, I will apologize, guys. 
Uh, we didn't do a podcast last week because I've been, I got this uh, chest infection. I had the same thing back in like February, March. And I think it's affected my brain <laughs> because I cannot find words here recently. Anyway, but something small and compact, have all my particulars, but just like something lightweight that I could take with me as my like kits for just a hike. Not not anything. I'm not going out doing bushcraft stuff. I'm not doing anything crazy. I just want to go exploring and have a good time and just enjoy nature and get some fresh air and get some exercise. And that is the only purpose for that kit. So I have been like staring at that kit, you know, like, you know, figuring out all the little things I can get in there just for, you know, necessities, nothing, nothing aggressive. You know what I mean? I don't need a 500 gallon water purification kit in there. You know what I mean? I need some like tablets, you know? Um, I have, I have figured out a, a way to, you know, those, uh, uh, aluminum, uh, cans, not cans, but, uh, camp cups I have, the really small, like the short black ones, Robbie, they're like half, like, uh, maybe they, maybe they're probably one cup total size, but you know, I have one lashed to the side of that. That's really yeah. you know low profile, really small, but you know, if I need something, it's there, you know? And I'll probably throw, you know, a water bottle with me. I'll probably just hold it in my hand or whatever, something I can, you know, you know, click on. But that's that's what I've been working on. It's like I just want something to get back on the trail. I'm I'm right off the Appalachian Trail again, and uh, you know, one day I was driving to get some groceries, and I was like, you know what? I've got three hours. Let me just go on an hour hike out and an hour hike back. You know, and it worked out pretty well. So that's what I've been doing, just kind of getting back into that space of let's just go on, uh, let's go for a nice little exercise hike and enjoy nature. Uh, and, and making a low impact kit for that. So maybe I need to do a video about that. What do you think? Probably. I, I did a kit exactly like that in a hawk's nest for my father yeah. for yeah. a Christmas gift. And, yeah. uh, you know, out of everything I've ever given him in life, which was, you know, mostly stress and headaches, um, <laughs> I think the two things I've ever given him that he, he really appreciated the most was his dog. And that kit, um, you know, and he uses it the same way. He's taking his dog the, into the woods for him and yeah. the dog to get away from stuff for a little while, get the dog some exercise, get dad some exercise, breathe some fresh air and just walk in the woods. But something could happen. You know, if something happened, we all know where he's at. It's not like he'd be out there for weeks. You know, we'd go get him if he didn't return home, but it's enough stuff to keep him alive and comfortable for 24 to 36 hours until we can, you know, get in there and get him. Uh, simple, basic. He's not planning on being there, but just in case. That That's that's exactly what I'm talking about, man. No, it's like, you know, nothing big, nothing crazy, just something really simple just to, to keep you squared away until you need to, you know, get back to where you need, need to get back to. So it's been fun, man. It's just, it's, it's a good break. It's a good change of pace. You know, that's, that's the most important thing. Awesome. So, uh, besides that, have you have you picked up any new uh, gear that's interesting? Picked up? No, I've got two things on the list that uh, one you may find interesting, the other you may find surprising. Do tell. Um, I'm switching out. The first, we'll go with the interesting. Uh, I'm switching out my saw in my survival kit from the Laplander. Really. I do find that interesting. I mean, like, is that because you've worn it down to a nub and there's nothing left, so you have to get a new one? Or <laughs> no, um, no, that is exactly why I'm not getting rid of the Laplander completely. Um, what I said was I'm trading it out in the survival kits. Okay. 
Okay. I'm switching to a silky uh, Pocket Boy 130, medium teeth. Now, you've been talking about these silkies since, like, Blade Show. I, like, a shot show, like, a couple years I'm ago. I'm switching to the silky for the survival kit. Okay. Um, The, the teeth pattern um, combined with the blade thickness, yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of attributes that the silky brings to the table at less weight. Mm-hmm and less size that allow it to cut more efficiently and faster hands down okay hmm. okay one of I'm the listening. drawbacks but it isn't a drawback for my survival kit you can't resharpen okay. the blades on the silky okay uh the the way the they heat treat or whatever i i can't remember exactly what it is but basically you you, you just can't resharpen these blades well on a survival saw it's more important that i have it with me than it is that it lasts forever that i can yeah absolutely so it being able to do the same function i I think pound for pound it outperforms baco but 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 this is like you're saying a survival kit for like a last ditch my my little small bag i'm gonna have with me day in and day out yeah Okay. Now I'm keeping the Laplanders around, and the Laplander will probably be in my camping camp stuff because I can resharpen the blade. You know, yeah. I, I can touch it up and all. But that's what I plan on doing. I'll use it if it don't work. Uh, well, I, I'll sit there and on a log and take my time with my file, and I'll touch up the blade, and I'll make it just like I want it. The survival saw i don't plan to use other than testing so so the fact that i can't resharpen the blade doesn't matter to me as much as the weight as long as as long as it's going to work the time that you need it to work and and and, tracking and the effect effectiveness and efficiency of the cut when i use it well, that's pretty good. I like that. I have to play around with it when you get yeah. it. So nothing, nothing against Laplander. Don't think I'm moving away from them completely. It's just How dare I'm you. repurposing the Laplander <laughs> to a, to a different genre. Okay, that makes sense. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I, I I love a I love a machete too, but they don't fit good in a cargo pocket survival kit. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I unless you're Joe Flowers and you can pull it off somehow. I still think he's got a hole you, in the bottom of his pocket. It just slides down. His he's leg. got a, he's got a dimension pocket yeah. there. It, it goes in you know. into his leg. He's got a false leg. That's what it is. So, something like Doctor Who. I don't know, man. That guy. So um, that you know, that's that's pretty cool. I do have a request from okay. you. Okay. When you're when you're done doing all of your your test and evaluation on uh, some tomahawks, you know I, I I am a hand axe guy. I don't have a tomahawk. Mm-hmm. I think if I had a tomahawk, you'd probably take it from me, um, and be out there reprofiling it and doing something else to it. So if you find a good tomahawk, if you can send it my way, so I can have it with my my hawk's nest, and so I can have that little kit. You know I don't, I don't want anything crazy, just something that just in case type of thing. But I would like to. Uh, Get that squared away for myself, so I had that little that little uh, makeshift hiking kit. Do you want? We have to talk off air about exactly what you want the tomahawk. Now you, you see what now you see what I did here, folks. Robbie is going to lose sleep on this now, oh, dude. I will go buy a new damn tomahawk <laughs> and refurbish it from ground up. 
<laughs> you've never asked me to to you know what i think back to the first time you said you've never been in the tomahawks and then you watched me use a tomahawk all weekend long and leave it stuck in the log beside the fire all night oh yeah it, yeah that you had that cold steel one that was a beast man, yeah that you reprofiled and there was it just needed work you know and and there was some absolutely there was some other options that I would like to have on it, uh, and that's what I say. Me yeah. and you need to talk offline. You tell me exactly <laughs> what you want the job it to to accomplish, and I will dial one in, brother. All right, I will I'm make down. that thing work like a just crazy, insane demon in the woods. I, you know, I just want something simple, no, no big deal. And you, and you are definitely more versed with the tomahawk than I am, so I, I don't I don't mind going to the subject matter expert. But do you still have that old cold steel one, or has that been worn to a nub of nothing? Oh, yes. It's still – because I spend so much time reprofiling it and getting it dialed in just right. Yeah. It's really it, – it looks ugly as sin. Oh, yeah, but it's wor- it works. Yeah, it takes two minutes to touch it up and make it work like it did when it was pretty again. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, I mean there's as much dirt in the grain of the wood as there is stain on the handle. Like that, yeah. maybe part of the handle is stained. Most of the coloration is dirt. You know, there's yeah. more patina than there is metal on the head, but it's <laughs> it still just runs like a sewing machine. You, you, you got a, a uh, patina and dirt uh, Rockwell hardness of you know sixty two. Yeah. The, the Rockwell <laughs> hardness on mine is actually the hardness of a rock because that's a lot of what's you know in the sand mud mixture caked on. Uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, somebody like what's what's your favorite hawk you got going on right now? Um, it's uh, it's hard to say. Um, my favorite, and it it has nothing to do with whether it's the right choice or the economical choice. Okay, and, and I'll I'll explain this part. My favorite okay, what, one right now got? is my two hawks, uh, tomahawk, and. The reason I was hesitant to say that is because when I got it, uh-huh. fit and finish, it, there is no question in my mind that it is a work of art. Okay. Now, you waited for that one for a while, hey, right? There was, I, I, can't, I can't remember the – I'll be honest. I can't remember the backstory of that one because you know every other time I talk to you, you got a new hawk. Yeah. But I do I do recall that we did talk about it on the podcast a, a few months ago. You probably had that thing for six it, months. It right? was it was one of those things, Adam, that because you can buy a cold steel hawk for twenty bucks, I labored a long time on whether I wanted to spend that kind of money on that hawk. And then once I spent that kind of money on that hawk, then there was you know, I don't know, six week waiting period to get it you know and all that so yeah it it was a long process but I, admittedly a good bit of the process was me having that internal struggle um but it, it definitely paid off you I, got everything I, you had, wanted out of it. i'm not gonna say that and that brings me to the i would have to explain part it was a work well, that's of art that, well that's what we're that's what we're here for it was man, a work so. of art <laughs> Uh, the quality of the manufacture was as close to perfect as I've ever seen in a tomahawk. 
Okay. Uh, most tomahawks are made like cold steel tomahawks. They're they're not something that's built to precision. This thing was. Okay. Okay. $125 is the Woodsman model. With that said, the first time I went out and used it, I was disappointed. Why was that? Just the, the grind was the, the, the grind was just uh, the wrong angles. It, it, it just did not perform the way it, the the grind on it was like something you would want on a much bigger, heavier tool. Hmm. So I had to reprofile mine. So here's the deal. If you don't mind spending $125 on a hawk, that you're going to then ruin part of the beauty because it has this – there's no other way to say it than than illustrious blued finish on it. Like the sexiest blued finish you can imagine comes on this hawk. Okay. If you don't mind ruining that by reprofiling. If you don't mind the idea that you've got to spend $125 and then do part of the work yourself, it is the best hawk I own. Well, you probably like that anyway because then you got a little bit more of you and No, because it it is – you know, don't get me wrong, man. Just because I use stuff hard doesn't mean that I don't truly appreciate when something is beautiful, you know. Uh, So if I had my druthers, it would be, you know, order another woodsman, have uh, uh, two hawks send me the raw head before it's ever blued. Let me fix the grind on it the way I need for, and, and also let me clarify, I don't know where they're at. I never even thought about looking into that. They may be up somewhere. They may be in the Midwest somewhere where they, I don't know, chop nothing but mesquite, you know. Um, their, their wood may be different. I, I live in the south on on the east coast. It, it's, the, it's, the wrong, it's the wrong grind for you. Right. It, yeah, it's the, it's the wrong grind for where I live. Uh, okay. So if I could get a blank put my grind on it, then send it back to him and have him uh, finish it the way he they finishes. And the guy, I think the owner's name is Devin Price. Finish it the way the two Hawks Hawks come. Um, it, it would definitely, no question about it, be an heirloom piece. It would it would definitely have a place behind your desk. Well, we gotta. I guess we got to give him a call then, man. Jeez. Um, if we're that if we're that close to perfection, I mean, let's just make that it, happen. It is, it is amazing. It really is. Um, yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. I actually made. made did you no, have it when I was in North Carolina? No, you hadn't seen that one. Oh, yet. Okay. All right. Well, then I want to see it. We need we need to make that happen. <laughs> call, call call Devin up and you know, hey man, you got a favor to ask of you. So, well, that's cool, man. I I, I how much did that one run you? It was 125 And would that work uh, well in my hawk's nest? Oh, yeah. It would fit your hawk's nest beautifully. And, you know, it, it is definitely one of those that in the hawk's nest, without any kind of modifications, it would look like it was made to be there. I got. I do have to say, you know, I mean, like, hey, guys, 
don't don't ever say that aesthetics are important. I, I do got to say I love the aesthetics of my my hawk's nest next to my my sheath for my uh, my dogwood. I'm really digging the thinner um, hawking that I got. Not that I don't love that Scandi one, but that Scandi one was a little thicker than it, than it was supposed to be. Um, it was a little over an eighth of an inch. When it was supposed to be eighth of inch stock. The stock was a little bit thicker, but it wasn't, you know, that three thirty seconds thickness that I have now, which is just freaking amazing. I knew that. So, yeah, do you have a do you have a three thirty seconds or do you have a one sixteenth? One sixteenth. Yeah, I think that thing's like a freaking lightsaber. Yeah. I just so. I, I just mentioned it on the podcast, and I think something in the house I just heard fall into two pieces. It cut something just because it knew it was being talked about. <laughs> hey guys, uh, speaking of other stuff, since we're getting to the halfway point, um, uh, we did just cross 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you guys. I can't, you know, it just blows my mind that we, we've hit that milestone. And we uh, have that pack ready to give out. I have not had a chance to shoot that video because after we hit that, I actually, uh, that's when I, my, uh, I got my, that chest cold, I actually lost my voice. That's why we didn't do a podcast last week. So uh, when I go back up this weekend, I will be uh, shooting a video for that and announcing a winner and sending somebody a pretty awesome kid with that Mystery Ranch bag and the War Bonnet hammock and the sleeping bag and uh, sleeping pad um, and a couple blades in there. So it's going to be a pretty awesome kit that somebody's going to be getting. I know all they'll have to do is – I'll even throw some live fire in there too. So they have some live fire stuff as well. Um, yeah, so it'll be a pretty uh, pretty awesome kit that they just got to, you know, maybe just need some first aid and some hygiene and, and some food and uh, water container, cook it, and they're done. I think that's all they need in that. That's a pretty uh, pretty awesome kit, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. We'll be pulling somebody at random here in the near future, so stay, stay tuned it for that. It needs a what kind of – a what what? A hydration and a cook kit, and that's it. I think it's got pretty much everything else. Get your shelter. It's got your fire. Uh, need some need some water a water kit, mm. but I mean you know they can, you got to put some work into it you know it can't be it's got to be you know put together for you. So. Yeah, we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> I may have an idea. Not, okay, all right. Well, you know what? I, I need to get my I do need to get my cook kit that uh, James Montana brought up for us um, at, when we were at Blade Show because Dan took that with him. I need to get up with Dan. I guess I'll see you guys next weekend for that class so we can two uh, weeks in it. Two weeks. My bad. Two weeks. Is it two weeks? It's two weeks from this weekend. Yeah, two weeks. Because I am, I am off. Dude, I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. The, I'm gonna tell the you. The weekend of the 29th. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have, I do have kind of a funny EDC story. Um, you know, I've been, I've been wearing that Light Tech uh, Gray Ghost bag here for a little over a year, and believe it or not, I think that is, with the exception of, I've got your your Marine Corps bag in my garage and I have my harness system that's, for my that's summer terrible. stuff. I don't um, even know where my crap is. I thought Dan borrowed that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, maybe Dan did. Uh, no, you know I, I told mean? him I to get it from you. So if, if he hadn't got it from you, it's still at your place. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I don't have any more bags right now because I've, I gave away, I gave away a bag. Um, I'm giving away a bag I've been using here. That uh, that VanQuest gray bag that I've been using here, we're doing a giveaway for uh, Paws and Stripes, and we'll just give them a quick shout out, guys. Check out Paws and Stripes at pawsandstripes.org. They're doing a fundraiser, uh, so I want to help them out with that, and we're going to be uh, throwing them that bag um, and some other stuff for them. We did one last year for them, 
And I have that uh, Beaver Boss bag from uh, Tatula Taylor and Millspec Monkey. But uh, cameraman Mark, he went out on a, a camping trip. And he's like, hey, can I borrow this bag? I'll take some cool photos of it. I was like, yeah, sure, man. So he's got that bag. And I don't think I have any other any other backpacks. Um, so I need, to, I need to get one. But back to my, my Grey Ghost which one, which is a very small bag. I mean, that's an EDC bag. I finally found a flaw in that thing. And Uh-oh. it's kind of – it's well, you know, I've been carrying that around for a while. And, and the conversation with the EDC bags that you always have is, is you get to the point where – I'll leave it in the car this one time, and that one time turns into two times, and that two times turns into half a dozen times. And you know, we've all we've all gone through this. It's like, oh, it's 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 fine. It's behind my 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 driver's seat. And I'm usually always I'm usually always careful. Uh, I usually always bring a coat with me, just like a jacket, no matter what the weather is or anything, uh, just in case. And I usually throw the jacket over top of that so you really can't see it from outside the car because we you know we have we have heard horror stories of guys getting their their bug out bags or the EDC bags stolen from their vehicles. You know somebody's looking in there see, sees a a gadgeted bag and and there's definitely probably some money in there. But um so uh I uh, I took it with me on a family trip here. We went to a theme park and I had that thing on me for probably like a good twelve hours. And let me tell you, by the end of the day, because this was a hot day. I mean, it got up into 90s. By the end of the day, I found the one fatal flaw with that bag. It didn't hurt my shoulders. It wasn't uncomfortable to carry. But by the end of the day, having that uh, that that uh, light lock right, at, you know, pushing against my back, I smelled horrible. <laughs> just there was no airflow going underneath my back, and it just was. It was just hot and, and and moldy the whole day, and by the end of the day, I was the stinky guy in line, Robbie. So you, you know what? Um, <laughs> what's that? I, this is, I guess, in a way, embarrassing. You know, there was a there was a time when I wore a watch every day, all day, and all. And uh, I think I've mentioned to you before that I used to be very obsessed with time, and, and yeah. I've broken that habit by not wearing a watch. But mm-hmm. there was a secondary aspect of quit stopping wearing a watch that, that I'd never mentioned. What's that? I could never get a metal band small enough to fit my little dainty ass wrists. <laughs> and it didn't yeah. matter whether it was synthetic or leather. Yeah. They smelled horrid if I just yeah. wore it one day in the summer. Yep. Yep. Um, so I can identify with that smell and, oh my God, something the size of a bag. Well, I, I have, and I'll, I'll try to get this in the show notes. I have a good transition to another topic. And I think there's, there's a conversation here with a product that just hit the market and we should probably be hearing it you know, more soon. Uh, but it's, it's from a company called mother dirt. And this company is making this this ammonia eating bacteria solution. And basically it is a way for human beings to live with their, I guess it's your bio cloud or something, but basically, all right. So you, you have inside your body, there's all kind of organisms living inside your body. There's, you know, inside your gut and, you know, in your stomach and they help you digest food that they're, they're health organisms. And there's also ones on the surface of your skin. You know, and they'll and but one thing that we've started we're starting to learn is that all this antibacterial 
antimicrobial stuff that we're putting on our face, we're putting on our body. It's actually doing a disservice to us. And um, I know if you're out in the woods, you know, you get that like after three days, you kind of stop stinking, you know, and uh, you stink, but you don't feel dirty. It's like that first two or three days you feel dirty, Rob. You know what I'm talking Uh, about? Uncle Ethan calls it a crust. You develop your crust. Well, and, 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 you know, we've always kind of laughed about that. And, you know, you still smell like outdoors, you know, but there, there's there's a difference. Like, you know, like if I go out and, and go run and I come back, I can like smell the ammonia on my skin like when I'm in the shower. You know what I mean? So anyway, these guys at Mother Dirt have produced this solution. It's like this water mist spray that you, you, you spray on you. And it actually, you build on your skin this good bacteria. And this bacteria actually works with you kind of symbiotically and eats away the ammonia, eats, you know, cleans off. Now, it's not going to get grime off of you, but we'll talk about that here later. But it, it actually makes you healthier, theoretically. And so there's, there's some controversy going on about this. But there, I, from, what I, from what I've heard and I've read a couple articles, this one woman, I think it was in the New York Times, um, she tried it. And for the first, like, two weeks, she felt kind of greasy. You know, her hair was greasy and everything like that. But after that two-week uh, time frame, when um, you know she didn't use soap or anything, she actually felt cleaner. She didn't smell. The guy who invented this—it's an interesting story. He—he uh, he was a scientist, and he had a, a girlfriend or significant other that was that was into horses. And, and you're into horses, Robbie, so you could probably tell me this. She said that she would see her horses after they ran or exercised; they were sweating. They would go and roll in the dirt, you know, and, and like they wanted to know why. You know they were doing that, so he like took some samples off the horse's skin. He found this this ammonia eating bacteria, and so basically he, he, his theory was like, all right, for this to be a, a a evolved behavior, there has to be a benefit from them doing this for millions of years, you know. And actually, these these you know microbes were actually cleaning the horses, you know, and so he basically took that took that started to experiment on himself. And I think the guy now has not took a shower in 10 to 12 years, has no – 10 to 12 years has not taken a shower, has been using these products, um, and uh, has not – it doesn't stink. You know, this this New York, uh, New York Times author has met with all these owners of this company and everything. They don't stink. They don't smell bad. They don't look dirty or anything. But they, they are using these organisms to, to basically balance out uh, everything on the outside of the body, just like the inside of your body. You know, people take probiotics and stuff like that. And uh, it helps them out, and their skin is healthier, their hair is healthier. Um, I, from what I understand, it's it's more youthful. They're not, you know, they're not uh, uh, being exposed to all these chemical cleaners in your body. And there's got to be something to it, you know what I mean? I mean, we we we, we did hygiene has become one of the great, and we've talked about it before, has become one of the greatest um, advancements of modern man. But at the same time. The reason that we have to have so many hygiene changes is because we travel so much. We're not sticking into the same location. We're exposing yourself to new organisms and new life all the time when we're, when we're traveling. So if we were much more localized and had a we were in an environment that our bodies were kind of designed to, to live in, we can't say that you know this wouldn't have worked. Um, it's pretty interesting, but I mean, think of the applications when you're out in the field, Robbie. I mean, what if you had a, a bottle of spray? You know, and then every day you just woke up and just misted yourself, and this this bacteria competes with the stinky bacteria that gives you odor that causes rashes and stuff like that that makes you dirty. Now you still need to apparently you know 
get some get something to scrub some of the the dusty gritty parts. You know, I'm not saying that you just don't need to bathe at all and just uh, you know spritz yourself with this mist every day. I mean, I don't know. I haven't used it, but I'm thinking about grabbing some. But I mean, what do you think about that, Robbie? Adam, Adam, Adam. I'm going to make this public service announcement <laughs> on behalf of the same individuals at the Equipped Indoor Podcast and uh, Robert Oliver specifically, and even more specifically, Robert Oliver's grandmother. Uh, <laughs> get, get, get a bar of soap, people, and a wash and, and wash your nasty butt. <laughs> Forget. You're not, you're not, you can't tell, you love this kind of stuff. I, you can't hey, tell me that this isn't there, interesting. There is aspects of it that I... I recognize this truth. Uh, you ever smelled your dog's feet and they got that, it smells like Cheetos? My dog's feet do not okay. smell like Cheetos. Some people's dogs, <laughs> they'll get this this funk. And, and yeah. it's usually caused by bacteria. It can usually yes. be neutralized with just a water vinegar solution. Um, yeah. you, you put it on. Yeah, give give it a, a a few hours to do its job, then give your dog their, a, a bath. You know, you don't want to you don't don't want to do it as an extra bath because obviously we know the 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 problems dogs can have when you bathe them too much, and yeah. they can develop you know skin problems from from that. I also know that it is a fact that we in our modern society probably do bathe too much with chemicals that are too harsh and i will give a little bit of personal information here that probably goes deeper than i usually like to let other humans in on my personal stuff (laughs) so so, but the only reason i'm doing this is because i don't want people to think that i'm just being a douchebag and attacking your idea here the majority of the time, the majority of my bathing, unless I'm going out with friends or something like that, I don't use conventional adult soaps. Uh, I've got like a, a, a Dove Just for Men soap that, that smells mm-hmm. manly that I use when we're going out. My wife and I are going someplace out doing that type stuff. But my day-to-day bathing... I use Johnson and Johnson baby uh, soaps and shampoos. Really? Because you think the other stuff is too they're, harsh? They're way too harsh. I use the least harsh things I can find. Uh, and wear out a wash rag, man. Yeah, I, I, I may scrub a little harder, but I think ultimately that's better than the, you know, a, a little bit of exfoliating is much better i my skin is healthier i don't know this for everybody else dude you know i don't know how other people's bodies work i just became an expert on my body and well yeah i i think that's i think that's interesting and you know one thing i've noticed and i don't know if you've had i haven't talked about any of this and maybe i'll ask you like all right when i first got into law enforcement i started wearing a vest in the summers the funk under Uh, us yeah 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 you i'd stink like crazy but then i i started noticing is that like, like as the as the years went by? Now, now keep in mind. Let, let me let me let me step back from that. Not not even the summer. It could be the winter. All right, when you're not sweating, but you had that vest on you and you just sweat to death in it all the time and you would stink. 
then like I started noticing like two or three years into my law enforcement career, like I wasn't, it wasn't stinking as much. And it wasn't that like, you know, oh, it doesn't stink to you, Adam. No, because I'd bring my uniform home and my wife used to complain about it. You know what I mean? And then after a while, it, it, it wasn't that bad. I, and I got to the point where I, if I just sprayed like some of the antibacterial Febreze on it, it would be good to go. And I don't have to wash my, my plate carrier, but like once a month. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, one thing I do is I do wear a clean uniform every day. So, you know, but I'm, those 12 hour shifts, and I don't know if my body just got used to like, all right, you know, there's no use in sweating. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what it was. I don't know what's changed, but I didn't notice that. But, um, I don't know if you've had a, did you ever have the same experience? Like maybe in the wintertime, like in the summer when it's hot, you're going to sweat and you're going to stink. Yeah. But in the winter, wintertime, did you ever notice that? Or is that just me well, or I, am I, I, I don't, you know, full of I crap? don't know about you. In the winter, I counted my vest as part of my insulation. So there was many times when other people would have a coat on that I would have on my t-shirt, my vest, maybe a, a real thin, like, turtleneck or what depend on the agency whether they required a tie you know i worked for different agencies so some required a tie some didn't that type thing so whatever i was supposed to be wearing under that and then my uniform short well by the time i had on that many layers yeah. i didn't need a coat yeah uh, yeah I, I i do know what you're talking about when you're in your like class a's yeah. we had class a's and class b's and our, our class b's is a, is a utility uniform which is like they're all blue but they're like they're more cotton. They're they're a cotton poly blend, but they're more cotton. Right. Um, but they're a little bit thicker. Well, where our class, our dress, our class A's are more dressed, and you have the really thin pants and the really thin, you know, gray uniform shirts. Um, and also, and, you know, some sometimes you have a turtleneck underneath of it and whatnot, depending on you know. Two two different things. I don't I don't live as far north as you do. A, a different yeah. type of temperature, a different you know, uh, probably different temperatures, completely different temperatures than where you are. And the second thing is, like, I would I would dress so that I was comfortable outside the car and then just ride around with the window down in the patrol car, you know, or or try to regulate the, the heat in the car with having the window down. One, I could hear my area I was trolling better, but try yeah. to keep the temperature about the same as what it was outside so that when I jumped out of the car and got back in the car and that, I didn't get sick. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, so I tried to keep myself at, at that point where I wasn't getting hot enough to sweat or cool enough. But now when you go to running with a dog, I would sweat in the winter too. If, if I mean running. With a well, yeah, any time you're doing physical activity, you're going to sweat in that, in that uniform. You know, I mean like, but if I'm just patrolling and it's it's in the wintertime, I'm, I'm good to go. I mean like, you know, one thing one thing that I used to love, it was boring. But, you know, we'd have these three or four push-outs where the vehicle was just sitting there. And unless something happens in your present, the vehicle just sits there. And that was, you know, oh, yeah, man, I got the air conditioning on. This is going to be a good day. Now, when you had, like, a traffic control point or something, you're out there directing traffic. That sucks in the summertime. You're just on that hot black top, and, you know, the sun's just beating down on you, and you, you, you know, two or three hours of directing traffic during rush your hour. Your shoes get to where they're about oh, 212, oh, 215 degrees. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. I, I tell this, I tell the story. We were doing training one day, like, um, uh, you know, stomping and dragging type of thing. And I had a, a, a beat pair of shoes on, um, because we were, you know, we were practicing with the hose, practicing with the OC and everything and just sweating our butts off. 
the blacktop was so hot that the adhesive in the shoe had leaked up and made contact with my sock. And then by the time we cooled out, I could not take the sock out of the shoe. <laughs> I'm, I, I am not. That's, I am not that's insanely hot. It, it, it was ridiculous. Ridiculous. So anyway, I want to go back to the, the mother dirt thing. Now, you know, they just released just a shampoo sounds now. sounds like a dirty hippie, mate. But that, and, but it's, it's, I don't, yeah, it does sound like a dirty hippie, but I mean, like, well, you know, it's funny, man, because I, I've, you know, we, we talk about the dirty hippie thing. It's, you know, and I've had to search some dirty hippies and like, there is like that, that smell of rot. There's, there's a difference between, you know, somebody who smells like they're rotting and I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't experienced, it, it just, it's an interesting idea. And like personally, and here's a little, little personal for me, like I am. You know, unless I'm out in the and Robbie knows this about me. Unless I'm out in the field, if I'm out in the field, I don't care about dirt under my fingernails or being dirty or whatever. It, it doesn't bother me. Or if I'm out like training with a dog or anything. But like on my day to day, I'm pretty. You know, like, I, I'm the one. <laughs> like when we get back showers from, a day. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big dude. You know, you know, and I'm, I'm a sweaty dude. I'm a hairy You're dude. Big and hairy, so, I mean, so that just. Yeah, it, you know, so yeah. it's like you know. My my people are not from Atlanta, Georgia. You know what I mean. Wherever they're from, they're not from Atlanta, Georgia. You know what I mean. They're from like Scandinavia. You know, so like they're used to a colder climate. And like I'm down there, and like I you know walk out of I walk out of the the shower, I'm already sweating. And so by the time we're done at Blade Show, I gotta go back take a shower before we got to dinner. And I'm just walking around, and even it's, it's air conditioning. I'm just like, oh man, I start to stink. And so you know I I'm you know I'm on the, the antiperspirant deodorant and, you know, body wash. And, you know, I got to go in there and just, you know, change, change everything, you know, to, to start out fresh and clean. So I get a little OCD about it, but, you know, I do recognize like I can take a shower before I go to bed. And the next morning I wake up and I feel filthy, you know, I just feel greasy and nasty and whatnot. And I'm like, you know what, Th- there's something that's not right. You know, how I, I think to myself, how could human beings before the in- invention of a shower be this nasty and stinky? All the time. I mean, like, like they wouldn't eat. Like, critters would smell them a thousand miles away. I've thought, you know? I've thought before, Adam, if we smelled as bad as I do sometimes, there's no yeah. way our species would have procreated. Exa- oh, yeah, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. And here's the interesting part about that. So there's an article, this guy who's been using these products, right? And he's been using these products for, I think, he, he did a six-month experiment, Right. And he said that he said that all he does he does rinse off with water, right? But he uses these products. He sprays them like so. He gets, he, he rinses off with water, you know. Uh, sprays the stuff all over his hair, all over his body. And the one bad thing in the, in the, the New York Times article, lady said that that like she was part of the experiment where they would go and and swab her every two or three days to see how much of this good bacteria was on on her. And that, that's the important part is that the, the bacteria that causes odor is a different bacteria than they're spraying on you, and they're competing. So if, if one is colonizing and eating the ammonia and, and cleaning your skin, the, uh, it'll fight and kill off that other type of bacteria. So it, you're not able to stink because this, this other bacteria that, that eats ammonia is going to prevent you from stinking because ammonia coming off your skin is part of the reason you stink, right? So after three days of going back to showering and using soap, she killed all that bacteria, all the good bacteria. It was gone, like that easy. So it takes a long time for it to, you know, you know, uh, build a colonize on your body. And that does sound disgusting, but hey, guys, you got bacteria on there now. There's if your face is greasy and oily, there's bacteria on there. Um, 
Anyway, so this guy did a six-month experiment where he, he went hard, used these products, and was basically blogging about his experience. The first two weeks, he felt gross. He felt greasy and nasty and whatnot. But after that, that, that first two weeks, he started feeling better. He started thinking his complexion looked better. His skin felt better. He didn't stink. You know, nobody ever said anything to him. But one important thing about it is his, he said that his wife thought he smelled amazing and was more attracted to him. Uh, after using these products. Okay, I'm on board. Like, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, I mean but, that, but like that, that's the interesting part. I mean, we cannot deny that like pheromones and, and scent is such an important part of attraction. Like they, they're even saying now that people's little bioregion of bacteria and clouds, that the cloud that surrounds people, I forget what it's called, but there's like a, a cloud of bacteria and stuff that, you know, this sounds kind of gross, but like if you meet somebody, they, they've like discovered that like if those like bacteria clouds are, are compatible, like the bacteria is like, oh yeah, I'll be like you, that you're more likely to be interested in that person on whatever level, like <laughs> friendship or whatever. Like your, your bacteria cloud, you know, be like, I don't like that guy. I don't Dude. know why. It's because your bacteria is telling you not to do it. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining walking in one, my, one day and my wife, <laughs> you know, you smell like you have six pack abs. That would be awesome. Maybe. I don't know if it's that deep, but I mean, this is, this is like cutting edge type stuff. But anyway, so this guy is saying that his wife is 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 uh, you know more interested in him, and that like he doesn't have any smell. I mean, he's like, in a prof- he's not a dirty hippie. This guy's got a real job and everything like that. And and like 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 I said before, this one guy's been using this product for twelve years, and they're professional. Where you know, suit and tie professional owns a, owns a very profitable business, and they're not. You know, this is and he's a normal dude. It just it, it's just interesting. Okay, like if I've I got to, I've like, got to be me. Yeah, what's it cost? I, now that that I don't know. I mean, I know it's not. I know it's not super cheap because it's a new technology, and it's, it, they're just a startup. It sounds company. like it's very old technology, thousands of years old. Well, well, that's the interesting part. I mean, the thing is, it's it's a technology that's a solution to what we've been what we've been doing with the, we've been obsessing about cleanliness. And let's let's also put this out too. You know, there's some big studies now talking about people who use the hand sanitizers all the time. They're they're more sick. They have more skin conditions. Um, who was that one comedian who's really a germaphobic? Uh, Howie. Howie or, Mandel. What, yeah, um, he almost got a a super. Is, I think it was him. Like he almost was hospitalized because he had some super staph infection. Oh, I don't know from from using the hand sanitizers. Like you know, like and, and that's the thing. Oh, here's another thing. They found that people who use the spray, let's say you spray yourself down with these antimicrobial, the, the good stuff, if you go and have some kind of surgery or anything, that bacteria, that good bacteria is going to fight off any any staph bacteria that can make you so sick. So does it also help with preventing of getting like colds and other things that you can pick up from your environment? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But it's it just, it just interesting and, and like this is a – this is a new technology. I mean, look at look at you know antibiotics. You know, antibiotics. You know, before they were discovered, nobody would think of like you know mold being anything good. You know, and that's what penicillin is. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's bread mold, and that it helps out. So I mean, there we're you know, and now that's such a it's such a you know easily understand concept. But if you go back, whenever back to about antibiotics were invented, you know, nobody would have thought that would work. They would have thought that that would, that was crazy. And now here we are now talking about good, you know, microbes and whatnot. I mean, we, we take, I take a probiotic pill, you know, for my in, ingestion. Um, you know, I'm on, I'm on a, I'm on a silly diet. So I, I always take that to make sure I'm, I'm good to go. 
I mean, and now you got the yogurts and everything with the probiotics, you know, and the good bacteria and all that other good stuff. So, I mean, there's some, there is some truth to it. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that everybody, hey, stop taking showers now and just spritz yourself with this stuff. I will tell you though, if I could wake up every morning and just spray some mist on me, I would save a lot of time. <laughs> but I do like a hot shower, so who knows? So maybe we'll just start, maybe we'll just test it out in the, in the field first to see how it works out there before we, uh, integrate it into our lifestyle but i can tell robbie i got you interested yeah you, you, i i have questions some questions like how is it that showering if you in other words rinsing off in the shower without a use of any soap if yeah. that affects it negatively then wouldn't primitive man have stank every time it rained well here's a here's the thing about washing washing doesn't putting water on something doesn't do anything like if you go to the bathroom to spray some water on your hands it doesn't do anything the reason that soap makes you clean, it's because it it it, it, it it is able to get underneath the bacteria, so it's the, the bacteria can be removed from your skin. Right. You know, it's an is it abrasive? Is that the right term? I can't remember the right the correct term, but basically, you know, you're you're washing, you're 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 adding that layer that's going to be able to move that stuff off of your skin. Soap floats the oil away. Exactly. There, there you go. So you know, not to say that I'm you know. Uh, a soap scientist by any so, means, but it's so interesting. I what mean, we've and, learned and today is Robbie washes with baby soap, and Adam smells like a dirty hippie if he carries his bag. <laughs> Adam's bag smells like a dirty hippie. That's what we learned. I, I mean, I'm have to hit that thing with some Febreze, man, because it, it was funny, man. I was standing in line. I was like, God, man, something smells like mildew. You and know, you I mean, that's what it, it smelled you. like. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, what's so my I wife? Just, like, it's like, do I do I stink? And she's like, yeah. I, I, I was like, oh my gosh. And like, so I smelled the front of my shirt, my armpits. I didn't smell anything. So I grabbed the back of my shirt and I pulled it up, and that's what it was coming from. It was like it was the back of my shirt that my did bag you feel was sitting across until you got home and, and got a shower. No, I, I, I didn't care. I'm like, oh yeah, man. you're definitely everybody. There's yeah. confidence and there's conceit. I think you just crossed that line. <laughs> if you know you stink and you're still not self-conscious, I mean, it, it was it was at the point, man. It was it was getting late. We were about to roll out anyway. I was, it wasn't a huge it wasn't a huge issue, but it, it was one of those things too. We were at the, the theme park and every other every everywhere you go that you know there's there's something getting. It was raining that day too, so like you know we get caught in a little sprinkle here. It, it wasn't you know downpouring. We got saturated, but you know every everything was pretty wet. You know what I mean? So. It was it was what it, so that was part of it as well. It, it wasn't just sweat; it was being caught in the rain. And and it's funny because I've I've used that bag on pretty decent you know hikes. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, why hasn't it stunk before? And I was like, well, the thing is, is that you know you stop every hour or so, take the bag out, take the bag off, you know, chill, look around, and then you get back at it. That thing was like on my back, unless I was on a ride for ninety seconds. It was on my back the whole day for like twelve hours, you know, so. Well, not twelve hours. It was close to twelve hours. Since you uh, since you brought up your bag, that brings me to my second thing. Oh, what's that? I'm changing out my EDC bag again, but it's uh, not going to be something new. Well, what's it going to be? I'm going to um, go back to something old that I used to use, and your daughter actually uses. Cares to do something from you again? Well, if you recall, when I think I switched that Maxpedition bag, the Maxpedition EDC Jumbo, yeah, whatever, you still have that yeah, I'll, I'll bring it back to you. Um, way too big for me. Um, I was using an old Finnish military uh, gas mask bag, I think it was, 
and uh, yes. I, I dumped my stuff out of it. I switched over to the uh, to the Maxpedition bag, and then after Maxpedition bag, I switched to the Millspec Monkey Millspec Monkey backpack. Mm-hmm. And as is the eventual uh, destination with any bag that I take on, the Millspec Monkey bag became overstuffed with <laughs> crap. Yeah. Now, now this isn't the Millspec Monkey's bag's fault. This is just uh, a, a genetic problem with yourself, right? Yeah, if right? you give me a bag <laughs> larger than what I need, I will put stuff in it I don't need. It, Absolutely. It is not, it, it, I blame my mom. I mean, you can't – you have to pick one of the trails through her house you know, to, to walk. <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but if – It's it's not that I, bad, I folks. I think I've if been the there. dogs and my dad didn't live there, it would be. Um, now, I, now I can't argue with that. You know, I, I think they keep each other in check. Is 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 how that goes. But so it might be an inherited trait. It may be the fact that I grew up poor and I never know when I may need to repurpose a piece of garbage to be something new again. I don't know what the reason is, but there's no denying the existence. You give me a bag that's got extra space. It won't be long before there's no extra space. <laughs> um, and, and I got to thinking about what things have I used that actually worked and I was the happiest with. And it was that old bag that when I got done using it, you built Kara's first dedicated kit for just her in. And yeah. Thinking, well, you know what? I mean, if, if you if you want to come up and switch it out, she's tall enough now. I could probably give her the Millspec Monkey because that, that bag is a little – it's a little big for her because of how wide it right. gets when we, when we pack it out. Well, you know what I've I mean? decided what I'm going to do um, is order – I can order two of them for 16 bucks. okay? Yeah, they're, they're not expensive. So I'm going to order a couple of them, and I'm going to – I will have the exact same shape and size as what worked for me before. But I think I'm going to like try to bleach the material a little bit to subdue the, the green color. A little bit, okay. And then I'm gonna wax it. I'm, I'm gonna do like a a, a tin cloth. A tin cloth. Yeah, uh, coating on it. I think it'll do two things. It will one, um, waterproof it uh, to some degree. And the second thing is it'll take that used military look away a little bit and maybe give it a more rustic everyday look versus yeah. the old military look. Uh, yeah. Which I think I would prefer, and and looks a little less in your face in modern society. Yeah, I I, I think surplus military gear makes you stick out. Yeah, in, in, I mean, I've been I've been wanting to do a conversation about the whole gray man type, right? Not looking too tactical, Timmy. And, and I think um, all cloth that needs to, that needs to happen. I think all clothing that thing will give it more of a modern messenger bag. A, a, a little, a little more, um, Indiana Jones, a little less, uh, World War II soldier. And I think that's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's always a good thing when you talk about Dr. Jones. Absolutely. So. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I, I'm switching back to that old, that old bag. It, it just, yeah, it had plenty of room for what I needed. And because there wasn't any extra room once I put it, I, and I filled it up with what I needed. No question about it. I'm still not going to have a bunch of extra space. But full 
it won't heavy. Yeah, now I mean you're going to add a little bit of weight if you if you make it some tin cloth, yeah. but that's kind of that's not going to be that bad at all. No, you know, maybe a half a dozen ounces or something. Yeah, and and uh, that, again, I think if I bleach the bag first, yeah, it will kind of help the goal of taking away the military. So I, I, it's not like I've got to go super heavy on the absolute waterproof. You know yeah. what I mean? And they're they're inexpensive enough too, where you can experiment. Yeah, I, it, well, it's eight eight bucks a bag so you know the worst case is i end up with a bag that doesn't look right and i just use it for a secondary kit yeah absolutely yeah, it's not like absolutely. what i'm doing is going to make the bag non-usable it just won't look the way i want it to look yeah yeah well that'd be pretty cool man i'd like to see that so I mean, have you already ordered it i mean are you waiting for it to come in yeah well uh i, I think i've ordered it i've got it on order Okay. So you might have it by in two weeks. When yeah, I should have it by the time we go. Oh, cool. All right. Well, guys, I think that's going to that's gonna be it for today. We're going to wrap it up, and we appreciate you guys uh, listening and everything, and hopefully you guys got some information from that. Again, that one company I was talking about is, is Mother Dirt, um, and the spray I think is called AO Alpha Oscar Plus. Uh, now, I don't know, I don't know how much – it is, I, you know. I'm sorry I didn't come prepare for that. I haven't been able to find it on Amazon or anything. I think you got to go to the website. Now, one thing I do know, though, it does have a shelf life because it is a li- living organism. If you leave it in the bottle, like in your in your your bathroom, it lasts for like four weeks. Uh, if you put it in your refrigerator, it will last longer. That's about all the information. And I, and you know, guys, maybe I'll I'll grab some and pick some up and and do a video. The only problem about it is it's kind of a a two week. You know, I think it takes a couple weeks to to work. And I don't know if I have a, a free two weeks. What, to, did, what to, did you say it was again? AO plus. AO plus. I looked up AO plus and I get an antioxidant drink. Yeah, that's not it. That's not it. It's from Mother Dirt. So, um, yes, it's not on Amazon. It's not. On I wasn't Amazon. on Amazon. Oh well, look up Mother Dirt. God, I can't believe I'm typing Mother Dirt. <laughs> I'm gonna become a freaking dirty hippie, and it's gonna be Adam Francis's fault. You know what? I've been, you know, I've been blamed for worse. Hey guys, and if you get a chance, please go check out the Equipnor website, uh, Uh Join the website today with Fairplay. Uh, we got a great uh, sponsor program. If you check out some websites from some of our sponsors, some cool stuff like Millspec Monkey this month. Some guys that got good stuff anyway, and were vetted. You spend a couple minutes, or actually less than a couple minutes, been like thirty seconds on their site. You uh, earn cash for checking out their products and everything that you can use towards your E2E membership. You can use it uh, to get into contests and giveaway. Or you can just cash out and make money for looking at websites. So really cool, really excited about that. It kind of makes the service free, uh, but at the same time, it really helps spread the word on some uh, some great companies that make some great products. And uh, there's great additional videos on there that you can't see on YouTube and some other stuff and member section and forums and, you know, pretty cool stuff. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, health, health, uh, you know, it'd be funny if I start this mother dirt stuff and I don't get, you know, don't get this chest cold anymore. $50 for a bottle of the spritz. Oh my God. It's too expensive yeah, for me it right is. now. That's how long does it last? You got to spritz yourself twice a day. And how, how long does it, I, I can't see the pictures well enough to tell how many ounces are in the bottle, but it don't look very big. Uh, I'm going to just say, yeah. Well, I wonder how much you pay for shampoo and body wash and face wash a month. Oh, well, 
now they've also got shampoo and now the shampoo is a new product. Now that's that's the new thing. Uh, I heard about the stuff uh, a while back, and, and then I, I heard about the shampoo. I'm really thinking that's like a 16 ounce bottle. Okay. Um, no, 3.4 ounces. Oh wow! 3.4 ounces of this stuff for dude. I'm gonna roll in the dirt. I'll be out with the horses. <laughs> I think I can. I mean. Well, you, you know, know women hey, new really do like the smell of horses, from what I understand. Is that right? I, um, well, I mean, any, any new technology when we get started is, is expensive. You know, I mean, look at look at a, a VCR when they first came out; they're like you know two thousand bucks in the eighties, and so now they're like you know they don't even make VCRs; you can get one for like ten bucks. So, hopefully, the, the the price of the technology will go down if it's viable, if it if it works. I mean, that's and that's the question, you know. And I'm sure if it's something that does work. Uh, there'll be other companies out there competing to make this stuff, which will also make the price cheaper. So I, you know, I think time's going to tell on this one. I'm still, I'm still interested. Uh, I don't know if I can do, I don't know if I can do 50 bucks. I mean, it depends on how much a, a, a spritz, uh, how much that, how long that goes. So anyway, we'll check it out, guys. If you guys have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at equippedandor.com. Hey, Robbie, do we have any questions or comments this week? Uh, the only comment we had was in responses to Dan's uh, uh, Boy Scout thing. Oh, what they, they say? just in absolute agreement that it's lunacy basically for you, know, you to require a Boy Scout to fillet a fish but then not let the Boy Scout use a fillet knife. It, uh, they just do, we're in agreement that yeah. something needs to change there. Yeah. I know. I, I do want to have a conversation later about the the new bane of my existence, and I think that's hypercritical uh, political correctness. So, I, I dude, I have – I want to tell you about something, uh, and it's probably going to make you go crazy. They have these things in, these co- in colleges now. I forget what they're called. They're called like safe rooms or like – you know, so when people are overwhelmed, they can like go into this room, like sit in a beanbag chair, and like hug a teddy bear and play with Play-Doh. They probably spritz themselves instead of bathing too. Dirty, <laughs> dirty <laughs> uh, I had a buddy that was telling me about it. I'm like, are you serious? Like, oh yeah, man. This is like at these at these really expensive, like you know, hundred thousand dollar a year colleges, like these like these safe rooms. Like if if the students are overstressed or so, something crazy, something something crazy. <laughs> Where people are, are, you know, they're not allowed to adapt to, to conflict and stress. they got to go and hide from it. So but that's all of the conversation. All right, guys. You guys take care. Be safe out there. And remember, if you're not always prepared, you're never prepared. Thanks for stopping by. We'll see you real soon. Later.